you love to travel and save money? Or do you wish you could travel but money is holding you back? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Families Fly Free podcast, where I show you how to fly your family free forever using my simple fly free formula. I'm your host, Lynn Mettler. My family of four has mastered the art of flying free as simply as possible since 2015, and I want to show your family how to do it too. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Family's Fly Free Podcast. I'm Lynn Mettler. We've got a great topic today. If you love national parks, I've got Cami from the Family's Fly Free team with me, and she is just back from an amazing trip to Utah, which happens to be one of my favorite places too. Um, the whole trip, she was sending me these gorgeous pictures and um, they hit multiple national parks and they stayed at Best Westerns um, throughout this trip because Best Westerns tend to be a good option around the national park. So I brought Cami on today. She's gonna tell us more about um, her experience with Best Western and Best Western did provide her accommodations for this trip. And then she's gonna give you some um, tips and insight into this great itinerary that she put together. I always tell you, Cami is one of the most organized people I know. And so she does these amazing itineraries for these trips that she takes. So welcome, Cami. Hey, Lynn, it's great to be here with you today. So tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and, and your travel style. Okay. Well, a little bit about myself is I've been married for 36 years and I have two grown married daughters. One of them lives in Norway and currently I have three and a half grandsons in my pre <laughs> The half is funny. One on the way. Yeah, one on the way, three and a half. Right. So in my pre-kid life, I did actually go to college. I have a degree in business administration. And the last job I had before I had kids was a bookkeeper. So once I had kids and I stayed home, I was actually a homeschooling mom. And I my other job was basically keeping our family on budget. More recently, now that the kids are grown, my husband and I own 15 rental properties. We have lots of other investments in real estate and my last job before working for you was working um, as a bookkeeper for my real estate agent. And tell us um, your role at Families Fly Free. Okay, so my role at Families Fly Free is as the integrator, which basically means that I help um, you form ideas and integrate processes into what we want to do with Families Fly Free for our members. And sometimes it involves keeping track, um, keeping you on track what? With, the mission, yeah, with the mission that we're trying to accomplish. Yes, everyone needs to have an integrator. It's, um, it's a great uh, role to have in your organization and it drives everyone moving forward in the same direction in the most efficient way possible. So Cami's been great. And um, for those of you who are Families Fly Free members or considering joining, she um, also leads a lot of our webinars. She has a great one on how to stay organized or when you're, or how to get ready to um, go on a trip and all of the organization that she does ahead of time that you will be amazed and get some great tips on. But um, lots of webinars um, from Cami inside because, and you and your husband travel about what, six times a year more? 
I was counting up the other day because we did have to, we have, have actually canceled two trips that we were going to take um, during the rest of this year. But I have been gone from home over 120 days this year. Oh my gosh. So that's almost a third of the year. Yep. And that's my, I tell everybody that's my goal to see how many days a year I can be gone from home. (laughs) I love that. That's so great. And someday, you know, I have kids in school, but I look forward to being able to have that freedom to do more travels. So, um, and the family's life membership works great, whether you have a young family with kids in school or whether you are in this, you know, grown kids stage or even retirement stage um, where you have more flexibility. So we have members of all different types um, inside the membership and it's working great for everyone. So let's, before we get into Utah, tell us a little bit about how you got started into miles and points and traveling free. Okay, well, I was actually introduced to um, the Miles world by some friends when we lived in Texas, and they were telling me that they charged everything they bought on a credit card and they got miles for it. And I was like, really? I mean, that was back when everybody was writing checks for everything. And I just thought, well, that's just crazy. But um, then they were saying how they were getting to fly for free. And I'm like, well, I'm totally interested in that because like, as I said, we were a one income family living on a budget. And so that world started opening up to me. So that was about 25 years ago when we lived in Dallas, which was American's hub. So my first credit card was an American Airlines credit card. So then when my kids were grown and I had, um, started digging deeper into the world of miles and points a little more. I came across you, Lynn. Um, That was actually when uh, Million Mile Secrets did their once a week um, interview of other bloggers. And so I started following you then, and you taught me all about the Southwest Companion Pass, which I knew absolutely nothing about. And it's actually amazing that I talk to people on Southwest Plains and they have no idea that even exists. So anyway, the rest is history. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I know so many people don't know anything about the companion pass or don't even bother to have a frequent flyer account set up, right? Or at least they could be earning miles when they're paying for flights, but. Right. Oh, well, that's okay. Hopefully they'll find their way to us at some point. Um, Okay, so let's talk about this most recent trip. Um, so why did you pick Utah, this go round and, and hone in on the specific parks that you chose? Okay. So I know you had gone to Utah last year and you really loved it. And we wanted to plan a national park trip. We had actually gone to Zion and Bryce about 16 years ago, but 16 years ago, you couldn't find the kind of information on the internet that you can find now and all these great pictures of these places. And the people that we went with did not like to hike. So we went to Zion and all I remember doing is like taking a picture on one of the bridges over the river. And we went to Bryce and we looked, you know, like did an overlook and took a couple of pictures. I mean, that is all we did. And so (laughs) isn't that crazy? And so, um, This time when we went, we invited some other friends that go on a lot of trips with us and we all love to hike and, you know, get out in nature. And he also mentioned that he really wanted that 
one of his things that he wanted to see was the Grand Canyon. That was on his bucket list. Can I, could I please work that into the trip? Because of course <laughs> I was in charge of all the plans. You're the planner. I am the planner. So on this trip, the national parks that we went to were Zion, Bryce, and the North Rim of the Grand Canyon. All right. And so you stayed at Best Western throughout this trip. <clears throat> so tell us a little bit, you know, like what you liked about the Best Westerns overall and what are some benefits of, of staying in a Best Western on these kinds of trips? Okay, so a lot of times, as you said earlier, when you go to national parks, there aren't um, necessarily a lot of hotels around. And some of the hotels that are there are, you know, like off, off brand hotels, you know, more mom and pop kinds. And you're mm -hmm. like, eh, I don't know if I want to stay at those or if I could use points um, to, to stay at those since we're trying to teach people how to do that for free. So you just don't have the widest selection of hotels nearby. Um, and then the thing that I found from this trip is that it seems like Best Western has bought some of those mom and pops or, you know, more off-brand hotels, but they kept the best part of the hotel and then they improved them to their Best Western standard. So what's really fantastic about that is that it means that all their hotels are distinctly unique and not cookie cutter, not at all. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. And so each hotel we stayed at had its own flavor, decor, and amenities. Um, no two of them were alike. Yeah. And there do, there tend to be best Westerns around a lot of these national parks. And, you know, I found like if you stayed in a best Western growing up or something, that's not necessarily how they are today. There's all levels of Best Westerns and some really nice ones out there. Um, and I know you're going to tell us a little bit about each one, but um, maybe let's start with Bryce Canyon since I've stayed at that same one too, the Best Western Grand. Is that what it is? It is the Best Western Bryce Canyon Grand Hotel. <laughs> yeah, it's, there's like a one across the street from it too. That's I think part of Best Western, but has a it's more of a motel. Yeah, um, that's the Ru that's the Rubian, Ruby and they actually have a campground and everything at that hotel. So right, but this one at Bryce Canyon, and there is not a lot of infrastructure around Bryce Canyon, um, and so that you don't have a whole lot to choose from there. But this Best Western is really nice. I mean, it's not a Ritz Carlton, but, but it has everything that you need to be comfortable and eat, you know, on a national parks trip. So tell us about your experience there. Okay. So the day we arrived, it had actually snowed. So walking into their huge lobby with a roaring fire in their fireplace was a perfect way to start our day. So that was my first impression walking into this huge lobby with this gorgeous fireplace that was like yeah. two stories and they had furniture around, you know, comfy furniture around it. And they had this fire going. So it's like, oh, this is fantastic because we were freezing. <laughs> so um, on this, um, at this hotel compared to the other ones that I'm going to tell you about later, it was more traditional in that it's all in one big building. So like kind of more what you're, you might be used to, which was good because then you don't have to walk outside to get to things, um, which was helpful since it was so cold. Um, our room was up to date. I mean, so like what you were saying, like 
our impression of best Western is like what we know from being kids, right. but every single room that we stayed in was up to date. So this room had two queen beds. It had an upholstered chair. It had a desk. It had an all-in-one dresser with a mini fridge and a microwave with a TV on top. And the very best part, I don't know if you remember this or not, but the best part was the bathroom area had two sinks and it was outside the rest of the bathroom. So with four people staying in the yeah. room, it was super helpful. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you looked out the window, of course, like I said, it had snowed but we could see a giant pool and a hot tub, but it was just too cold to entice us to even go down, no matter how much we hiked. It was like, I think that night and into the next morning, it was down to like 12 degrees. Yeah. So take note that it, Bryce Canyon is at higher elevation than say Zion and some of the other parks in Utah. And so it does, it is cooler there. And when we were there in April, it had snowed. It wasn't that chilly. It was just a light snow, but, and then Cami was there in early October and clearly it was much colder then. So, but I know, um, we recommend Ash Nudd of dirtinmyshoes.com a lot, but she always talks about how, um, going in the off season to some of these places can be really neat too. It's, less crowded. And I know she said like they have snowshoeing tours or something in Bryce Canyon. So that would be kind of a totally different way to see it and do it, um, you know, in the off season that they do, she said they do stay open, I think all winter, even though the roads may close, you know, based on snow. Right. Did you guys, um, go ahead. When we got there, um, the road was closed. So they have like when you get to the entrance, which I want to say this hotel was only three miles from the entrance. So it was super easy to get there very quick. And when you go to the entrance, you can then go to the right or the left and the left is their scenic drive. And that was closed the whole time we were there because it had just snowed and they didn't have the road cleared off yet. Did you guys do the breakfast buffet at the, at this Best Western? We did. So right on the other side of that huge fireplace, there was a big, you know, open room and there was a hot breakfast buffet um, served in that room. And um, there were lots of people uh, enjoying themselves at that. So that that was super nice at every Best Western. Yeah, we really particularly enjoyed the buffet at that one. I thought it was a very hearty um, buffet, which is super helpful when you're getting ready to go out hiking into the national parks to just have a really good breakfast beyond, you know, a continental breakfast that you get in a lot of places. Um, and the other thing that I'm always looking for, if I can find it in a hotel is a laundry, like a guest laundry. Um, and they have that there because particularly in Utah, things are very sandy. (laughs) You get a lot of red everywhere. So it's nice to be able to wash your hiking clothes, you know, in, in a self laundry, not, I don't like to send things out for dry cleaning or because that's too expensive, but so I love a hotel that, and, and a lot of these around the national parks do have a laundry, but something to ask about, ask if you need quarters. Most things have moved to where you can either do it on your phone or use a card, but there's still some around that require quarters. So Cammy has some great packing lists. I always have on my packing list to check and see if I need quarters for the laundry. <laughs> okay. We never do laundry, but we don't have two teenage boys. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. We can hardly get through a trip without, I even like to do the laundry before we leave, just so I don't come back with a giant stack of dirty clothes. Like that right. makes me happier. Um, 
Okay. So that was the one around Bryce Canyon. Okay. So how about the one um, in St. George? Okay. So the one in St. George was called the Aiden Best Western. And I looked that up and they actually have a lot of hotels called Aiden Best Western. Cause I thought maybe it was like, maybe that was the name of the hotel before they took it over or something, but they, I guess that's just a brand of it. Mm -hmm. So we stayed in St. George, um, that first night after we got there and we went to actually a state park that day, which was snow Canyon, which I totally, um, would recommend. It was, it was really cool. It had, it had a small slot Canyon. It had these petrified dunes you could walk on. It had a lava tube that you could go down in. You'll need a flashlight for that. And then we went stargazing that night. The nice thing was that park was only, again, like 15 minutes from this hotel. So it was super easy to get to, to go back at night when we wanted to stargaze. So um, I'll give you some more specifics about that. When you pull up to uh, this hotel, your first impression is of a little motor inn where you, where you pull your car right up to the door. So like you have that in your mind now, like, so you're thinking of, oh, well, maybe this isn't going to be so great, you know, <laughs> but then when you open the door to your room, you are going to be very pleasantly surprised because it is completely updated. Our room had two queen beds, a little upholstered chair with a marble table, a desk, a dresser, a mini fridge, a wardrobe, two luggage racks, and a separate sink area from the rest of the bathroom. And they had some beautiful landscaped, um, landscape pictures of the area on the walls there. So I was real, honestly, I was shocked. I was like, wow, this is really nice. It's clean, it's up to date. It has more than everything we need. So then outside you'll find a sparkling pool with lights strung over it, which I thought was really cool. They had mm -hmm. lots of loungers there. And in the corner, they even had this little, um, teepee style chase bed. You'll have to see my pictures of that. And then next to that, they had this little um, enclosed hot tub. So they had it in like a building with glass and a door. So that wasn't outside even that was like enclosed. And they also had some really cute bikes to lend to customers that were just, you know, right there by the pool that you could just, you know, take and go for a ride if you wanted to. Yeah, and just to give a little orientation of St. George, so um, like Cammie and I both, when we've been to Utah, have flown into Las Vegas on Southwest, of course, free. Right. And um, so St. George is one of the bigger cities, if not the biggest city in Southwestern Utah, which is really where Bryce Canyon and Zion are. And then um, Grand Canyon is just South in Arizona at the top of Arizona. Um, so it, it's, kind of maybe tell us how you used St. George, you know, as a stopover on your trip, like why you chose to stop there. Yeah. So what we were doing was we had gotten into Las Vegas late the night before, you know, we got there at like nine o'clock Las Vegas time, which for us was already midnight. And then we weren't picking our car up until the next day. And the reason all that worked out was because, you know, we were doing uh, we had booked the trip for Saturday through Saturday, but then when we used our Southwest hack, we were actually able to move those super cheap tickets back one day and forward one day. 
So then when we weren't picking our car up until that next day, we were like, okay, well, we're only going to go as far as St. George, which I think was um, a two hour drive, but we also lost an hour. So that was one of the things I had to note in my itinerary was we kept gaining and losing hours as we were driving around on this trip. So you, you'll definitely want to keep track of that. But we wanted to, we wanted to just like um, get a short or a small taste of what was to come by stopping at one of those more um, local state parks. So I know there's Valley of Fire near Las Vegas, there's, uh, and there's Snow Canyon in Utah. So we thought we're gonna do that first, just to get acclimated and start our hiking off. So that's why we ended up using, um, staying in St. George. Yeah, so it's kind of a in between Las Vegas and then some of these parks, um, right? A, and it has it does have more infrastructure and restaurants and hotels and that kind of thing, which is which is nice. Um, and the, your other option, if you're flying southwest, is Salt Lake City um, and driving down. But we've always found it much much cheaper points wise to stay to fly to Las Vegas. And um, the hack Cami was referring to is is one of our many insider hacks that we share inside the Family Supply Free membership, which um, is saving people tons of points. And like Cami used, it just made for a more convenient trip, which can also be helpful. Um, and I also just wanted to make the comment to you talking about the state parks. I definitely consider state parks in, in Utah or Arizona, if you're going to some of these, because truly there are some amazing ones um, and they tend to have fewer people than, yeah. than national parks. Yes, definitely. So like when we, in the afternoon, we headed over to this little slot canyon that they have in there. And we were the only people in there for like 10 minutes. And then they only had parking for like four or five cars. So even though more people were coming, it wasn't like, you know, Zion where you have hordes of people. So it, it definitely was great for, you know, less crowds and just getting um, to see some things, you know, as a preview of what was to come. Yeah, it's the same fantastic scenery that you see in the national parks, you know, it's just a, it's slight, everything is slightly different out there, but yeah, still just as gorgeous. So, right. Okay. So let's move on to Zion. So the best Western plus Zion Canyon Inn and suites. Yeah, that that's a mouthful. So <laughs> that one is located in Springdale, Utah, and it is only about a half a mile from the entrance to Zion, which we found especially helpful when the parking lot at Zion was full and so were all the shuttles driving by. So we had gotten there and we went up to the gate and they had the sign up that said parking lot full. So then we're like, okay, we'll just go back to our hotel and park. And we saw that the shuttle stop was there. It was number four. So we went and waited there and every bus that went by said it was full. And then somebody was like, you know, this park is only like a half a mile away from the entrance. I'm like, let's go. We're not going to, it's going to take us 15 minutes to go to walk there. Why are we standing right. here? <laughs> Did you have to have a reservation for the shuttle at this point? No, no, you didn't. So I had been following um, Ash Nud, like you said, from Dirt in My Shoes. I'm on her email list. So when they stopped doing that, I had written in big, bold, you know, letters on my calendar on the day that I knew I needed to get a shuttle ticket. And then um, I didn't have to do that because they went to not having, not using those. So that, that was good. And we did find like that parking lot at Zion. What we were told when we went was that it fills up by nine or 10 AM in the morning, typically. 
So then you, you do need to go to Springdale and catch the shuttle or park in Springdale and walk, I guess. Right. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I, I was thinking about this the other day that the last couple of times we've been to a national park and they told us that the parking lot was full. It really wasn't. No. So in the future, I'm going to keep this in the back of my back of my brain here. Um, it's worth at least trying. Cause like right there, um, the parking lot, like you go in the gate, you turn to the right, the parking lot is there. It would only take you five minutes to just do a quick loop through there and then go back out into Springdale. Um, if, mm -hmm. if you can't find a spot because the next day it said the exact same thing. And we're like, forget it. We're going in and there were spots. So you can't oh, necessarily believe that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, tell us um, about this hotel. Okay. So this hotel had their lobby fitness center and their large um, buffet breakfast area in a separate building than the rest. And the rest was uh, two story buildings and they were located around um, the property surrounding the pool. So once you parked, you did have to get out and walk a little ways to your building, go up in the elevator or the stairs. And then the hallways were on the inside, but all these buildings were separate, if that makes sense. So was, it, I, yeah. was it warm enough to, uh, for pool swimming at Zion in October? We did not pool swim, but the pools were all heated. We did get in the hot tub, but there were kids that were there in the pool. So I would okay. say it was warm enough, at least for kids. Right. <laughs> it was um, on those two days that we were there, it was in the seventies. And then that second night in the seventies, it snowed. Crazy. So it dropped from 70 to like 30 and snowed. Wow. So um, let me tell you a little bit more about the room. So that one also had up-to-date decor. It had two queen beds and a sofa bed. So I think that was maybe a little, like you could get one that didn't have that. So that was maybe like a, a more like a suite room. So if you had more than four people, that would be an option for you. Um, it had a padded bench, which we ended up putting our suitcases on. It had a desk, a dresser, and then it had um, near the door, it had a separate little microwave refrigerator and coffee station. And then um, that bathroom was all in all in one. So you couldn't, you didn't have like the separate sinks, which was kind of a bummer, but they also had a little balcony. So every room had a little balcony or a little patio and you could see the mountains from there. Yeah. I love a room with a balcony. Yeah. One of my favorites. So, um, about the out, the things that they had outside, um, the pool, especially, um, the pool and especially in our especially needed hot tub. That's what I was going to say, because <laughs> we hiked so many miles, um, every night when we got back, that was the only place we actually ended up going and using the hot tub, but, um, it was, it was really great. And their little pool building where they had the bathroom and the towels and stuff on the back side of that was where their laundry room was. So note for yourself, mm -hmm. they actually did have a paid laundry room in the back of that. And the property also had, um, a fire pit outside with some benches around it. So that was really nice. Um, we didn't take advantage of that because we got in the hot tub. And then that second night, it was so cold anyway. Um, or that next day, 
it was so cold they didn't have it going it had been raining all night which is why it ended up snowing on the mountaintop so um, when you're talking about the elevation between that and Bryce, so here was the difference. In Zion, there was not snow on the ground, but there was snow on the mountaintops. But mm -hmm. then we drove to Bryce, which is like a two-hour drive, and there was like probably four inches of snow on wow. the ground and on the mountaintops. So same weather pattern coming through, but that was the difference. Okay, what else would you like to know about that? Oh, I'll tell you that they also had a hot breakfast buffet every morning. Um, so we never left hungry, which was good because in that park, we hiked seven to 10 miles every day. And yeah, it is right on the, go ahead. I'll just say that's amazing. Yeah, it's <laughs> a lot of yeah. hiking. Yeah, that is a lot of hiking. And um, in that town, it's basically just like the one main road through there. Not like St. George, where, like you said, there's a lot more infrastructure. So there, all the restaurants and all the amenities are basically on that same road. So a lot of things are within walking distance. Yeah, and St. George is actually a good place to stop on your way and get some groceries. That's what we inevitably end up doing, stop at a grocery store, stop to use the restroom or whatever on our way and get a few groceries to put in the room for our mini fridge or, you know. Right. I know you said your boys drink milk. So that's always a thing. Yes. And we, we always pack um, snacks. Of course, we get two free suitcases on Southwest. So that's not an issue. And, um, you know, our routine is always eating breakfast at the hotel, hopefully provided by them having snacks for lunch and then always eating dinner out. So um, one last thing about that hotel was that was the only hotel we were at for two nights in a row. And so um, I'm assuming it's because of COVID and they're not cleaning the rooms, but they put this little um, plastic like Rubbermaid basket outside our door and it had towels and toilet paper and soap so that you didn't have to walk down to the lobby, which like I said, was in a completely different building to get that stuff. So while we were gone for the day, when we got back, that was sitting right in front of our door. So that was super helpful. Yeah, that's a good idea because when we went to Utah, last October, which was more in the heat of COVID, but um, that was a continuing problem of what do we do with our towels? What do we do with our trash? Because we would inevitably fill it up with four people, you know, and how do you get more towels and get more soap, you know? So it sounds like they're um, starting to come up with some systems and processes that, that that's a good idea to have the laundry basket instead of just piling your dirty towels on the floor, which is does not look terribly good, you know? Yeah. So that was, that was super helpful to have that so that if we, you know, needed more stuff, we didn't have to go get it. Right. Right. All right. So our last one is the best Western Red Hills in Kanab, which is a um, great little town also to access Zion and some of the nearby state parks. Yes, it is. So they have some very interesting things um, around Kanab, which I can tell you about in a moment. But let me tell you about the hotel first. So this hotel was also a motor inn where you could just drive your car up to the door, but it was a two story. And it had um, one big L shaped building and then their, their lobby and um, breakfast area and stuff was all in this other building. And that building also had some hotel rooms, but we were um, in a different building that was adjacent to that. 
So when we walked into this room, it also had two queen beds, a dresser. This one actually had a, um, a real table with two chairs, which most of them like just had a desk. So if you did want to actually have some food there. And the reason I'm saying that is because outside they actually had a large covered patio area with tables and chairs and a gas barbecue for people to use. So if you wanted to, you know, go to the store there and buy some burgers to throw on the grill, you could do that. And you could even just take it back to your room because there actually was a table and chairs in there. They had a, um, a mini fridge in the room. And again, the bathroom was separated. So the sink was outside of the other part, which is always nice. They also had a pool in a hot tub, which we did not get in. I looked at it, but every night when we got back, we were so tired that we just were like, we're not gonna get on our swimsuits and uh, go over there. So one of the specialty things about this hotel that was stunning was they had pictures in their lobby along the walls and down in their breakfast area from like local photog photographers or professional photographers that they actually had for sale. So the gal at the desk told me, yeah, we have a lot of photography groups stay here. Hmm. And they actually had two pictures hanging in the stairwell that somebody who had an awesome camera took from the parking lot of the hotel of the Milky Way. And I was like, oh my wow. goodness. Hmm. So their artwork in there was really fabulous. And they also had, um, which I thought was interesting. They had a fireplace. They didn't have it on because it wasn't as cold there, but they had two or three chairs in that part of the lobby that were actually like covered in um, rawhide that were like brown and white. So I thought that was interesting. Mm -hmm. The other thing they had was because of the location of this hotel, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but this one, um, because it's in Kanab, they had two clocks on the wall, one said Arizona time and one said oh. time, because you're only like seven miles from Arizona where you're going to go through a time change again. And Arizona is Pacific and Utah is mountain. Well, Arizona is mountain, except they don't do daylight savings time. So that's even more. Confusing. Oh, that is more confusing. Yeah. And Las Vegas is Pacific time. Right. So it's mm -hmm. like, yeah. So we were, like I said, changing, changing a lot. So one last thing about that hotel, like I said, all of these hotels had their own little unique things was that that main building, if you went downstairs, it was, it was a basement. So there weren't any windows. It was truly a basement, but that's where their breakfast area was. So they had this big open room that had, that was full of tables and chairs for people to eat at. And then they had their breakfast area more in like, um, maybe like a smaller conference conference room that they could shut off when breakfast wasn't being offered. So that was where they had their buffet. The seating area was open all the time. And then in that same area, they also had a fitness center and they had a game room and the game room had an air hockey table, a ping pong table, a pool table, and some old fashioned pinball machines. So, um, the pool table and the ping pong table were free. I think the air hockey was like a dollar and the, um, pinball machines were like 25 cents. So you could just go up and get changed for that and, and play those games. So that's great for your family. Yeah, absolutely. And you were going to give us some tips about Kanab. 
Yeah. So Kanab is um, an hour and a half from the North Rim of the Grand Canyon. And so the nice thing there was we only, it only took us a really uh, a half hour to get there because we gained another hour going <laughs> there. Right. So, so it's only an hour and a half. So I know like our daughter and her family were actually in the same area, even though we never saw each other. And they actually stayed in Kanab overnight from seeing the Grand Canyon because the only place you can stay at the Grand Canyon is the lodge. And of course, those minute, those uh, hotels go in five minutes. So this would be an alternative if you wanted to stay, if you wanted to visit the North Rim of the Grand Canyon to stay in Kanab an hour and a half away. And we also did that on our trip where we did arches and canyon lands. We drove from Las Vegas, stayed in Kanab, drove down to the North Rim because we had never actually seen the Grand Canyon except from on a plane above. But um, right. and so, yeah, did a quick stop there and then headed over to the eastern side of Utah. That will, that's a topic for another day um, and did those couple of parks. <clears throat> right. And then you also know from being in that area that the Coral Dunes um, State Park is there. Yes. Uh, that was so fun for sand sledding. If you've never done that, it's uh, $10 to get in the state park and $25 for the whole day to rent a sled. So I would highly, highly recommend that we had a blast. Yeah. And my kids loved that too. Like, that's a very unique once in a lifetime thing that you won't find in a lot of places. So yeah, it's just like snow sledding, but different, right? It's different right. techniques and the sled has to be very waxed and whatnot, but, and you have to carry the sleds up. It's very hard to walk up a sand dune. Wouldn't you agree? It is. So like the people that we were with, we did the first, you know, we did the smaller dune first and he's like, let's go do the next one. And then we got to the biggest one there was. And I was like, oh my goodness, I don't know if I can do this because I'm not quite that adventurous, but I decided I was going to make myself do it because I had been, um, sand sledding already at great uh, sand dunes national park. And I kind of knew how to do it. So that gave me a lot more confidence. Mm -hmm. And at this park, the guy who rented the sleds to you in the building, he actually told you what to do, which I thought was super helpful. So yes. you get up there, you have your sand sled, you wax it down and we waxed it every time on that big hill. And then when you sit on it, what you do is once you push off, you kind of like drag your fingers behind in the sand and that keeps you going in a straight line. It can uh -huh. slow you down if you're going too fast. You, you know, like when I did it at the great sand dunes before I started doing that, like I kind of discovered that on my own, I would like veer off and flip over. And it's like, yep. that is the key to actually hmm. going straight down. We did not know that. Good there, tip. Oh yeah. That's a, that's a really good tip. And then on that biggest sand dune, what we, what we did was we would go down the sand dune and then we would walk to the lowest part of that and walk up the ridge. And that was so much easier. So I would definitely suggest that when you're doing any kind of sand dune park that you, if there is a ridge that you try to, you know, walk down towards where it's lower and then walk the ridge. So I, I will tell you that for every run, because I timed this, I wanted to see how long it would take. It, it was 20 minutes. So you're going down, that's like 30 seconds and then 19 and a half minutes to walk back <laughs> up to the top. <laughs> well, you get your exercise on that one. We, we, yeah, we walked five miles that day. So, wow. 
Okay. Anything else about the Kanab area? I know you did the Peekaboo Canyon too, right? I did do Peekaboo Canyon. So I just did, you know, basically a search on TripAdvisor for a tour company because, um, I mean, a lot of people might say, well, we're renting a four wheel drive. We'll just, you know, drive it ourselves. Well, there were no signs anywhere. Like this guy who was driving um, the suburban that we are in, there's no signs. I mean, you like have to know which dirt road out in the middle of nowhere yeah. to take to get to this. And it's like um, 10 inches maybe or more of sand that you're driving through. So I don't know. I wouldn't, I would never venture to take a rental car on that. Right. And I mean, I think the thing to learn there too is like if you, Peekaboo Canyon, we haven't been. And we were always like, well, we don't have a four wheel drive, so we can't do that. Well, book a tour. That's a, that's a, like, that didn't occur to me. <laughs> so that's a great kinds, idea. Yeah. yeah. There were all kinds of tours. Like you could do that where somebody just drove you, or you could do like an ATV tour where you drove an ATV with a bunch of other people yourself. There were, there were all kinds of tours. One thing I would tell you about that is if you if you're like me, where you'd rather go someplace, even if it's not like the most opportune time, as far as getting photos, like because of the light and stuff, we did the 8am tour. And like, we were one of the only people there. And that mm -hmm. is someplace that gets super crowded because when we came out, there were probably 15 cars. And Peekaboo Canyon is a slot Canyon, which you'll see those all throughout Utah, which are kind of narrow. Right. between and two rocks kind of right. and they're red they're very red and so one tip the tour guide gave us is when you're going to one of those places and you're taking photos always set your camera to the warm setting so mm. your pictures look even more reddish and like it's kind of glowing and stuff so that was a great tip Okay, so that's great information. Lots of best westerns in Utah, um, and seems like they're all great options that have unique offerings and comfortable accommodations. So let's just briefly hit on their um, rewards program. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. If you decide to go with Best Western, go ahead and sign up for their rewards program. And when you do that, you'll end up getting extras like you know, depending on your level, you might get two free bottles of water. You'll definitely get members rates and points. And um, at, at the aid in Best Western in St. George, their little welcome package, and maybe this is, you know, like an Aiden thing, but theirs was um, like an ice cream uh, soda that they mm. gave everybody like for free as being a rewards member. Um, when you checked in or whatever, it's like, okay, I've never heard of any places doing that. So that was totally unique um, to that property. Also, Best Western will match with other hotel rewards programs. Um, so you would need to check into that. So if you have status on something else, you might be able to match to that, which would give you better um, rewards. And you can also use cash and points to book trips. That's nice. I like um, most of the hotels now have that option. So that if you don't have enough points accumulated, you can just make up for the rest in cash. Um, and just 
a good practice is anytime you're paying for a hotel, you should definitely set up a loyalty account with them because inevitably you do get some freebies, even if you just have the base level, like sometimes you get better internet, you usually get bottles of water, sometimes you get more points. Um, so never, never hurts to do that. And plus you'll earn points on your purchase as well. Right. Um, and just to point out too, um, we've talked a lot in the Families Fly Free membership this month about Chase Ultimate Rewards, and we really delved deeply into that. We talked a lot about how to use their travel portal for maximum effect. And so um, although Chase Ultimate Rewards, you know, they transfer to certain hotel programs, their partners, you can also use that Chase Travel Portal to book hotels and other things that aren't partners of the rewards program. So that would include Best Western. So you actually can use your Chase Ultimate Rewards points to book Best Western hotels through their portal. And if you want to learn more about that, the ins and outs of that and how to really take full advantage, that's a, some great recordings that are now inside the Families Fly Free membership. So I'd encourage you to check that out. Okay, any last tips for our listeners about staying at Best Western? I would say, first of all, be prepared to be pleasantly surprised by all the up-to-date properties that they have and all their unique to each hotel amenities. That, that was surprising to me and, and really a pleasant surprise. I was really happy about that. And finally, I looked this up today because I did not know this is that they have almost 5,000 properties in over 100 countries. So not, right. on, yeah. not only is Best Western a great choice, choice if you're taking the Great American Road Trip like we did, but you can actually find them all over the world. So there you go. There's another, there's another option for where you might want to stay. Yes, absolutely. I didn't realize that either. So good to know. And um, tell us where you're going to share some more information about this trip. If people want to see what this stuff looks like and learn more. Yeah, I'm happy to do that. So you can look for our upcoming um, posts with hotel room and activity, you know, like the national parks and stuff on our Instagram, which is families by free. Is that right, Lynn? Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then, um, we also have a YouTube channel and I, before I even go in the room, uh, or no, I go in the room, I turn on all the lights. I don't bring my luggage in and I take a video of the room so you can see, okay, when you go to the best Western Aiden, um, in, in St. George, this is what you can expect for your room. So those will be on our family supply free YouTube channel. And then if you want to delve more deeply um, inside my trip, I'm going to be sharing a lot more about that inside our membership, our Families Fly Free membership. So Lynn, if you want to tell people about how they can join that, that would be great. Right. So if um, you want to learn more about Families Fly Free, you just go to familiesflyfree.com slash join, and um, you can get more information about the program. You can hear from other members um, and you can sign up right there. And we also um, have itineraries inside the membership among many other features and benefits, but we do have a um, the Bryce Canyon Zion itinerary that my family took several years ago that you can take and then tweak it for your own purposes. So um, thanks so much, Cami, for coming on and giving us some great detail. I hope this um, piqued your interest in Utah and in considering Best Western for your next trip. 
And I'm sure we'll be having Cammie back on. I want to have her talk about stargazing because that's something that they do a lot. That's something unique um, that you may not know that you can do in different places and how to do that. So she's got lots more to tell us and we'll bring her on in the future. So thanks again. And we'll see you guys on the next podcast. Ready to fly your family free? Come join me inside my family's fly free program where you get my simple step-by-step plan and my personal help so you can make more priceless travel memories with your family before your kids leave home. Visit familiesflyfree.com slash join. That's familiesflyfree.com slash join to learn more and get started flying free today.